Hello, you're listening to this month's edition of In on the Act with Sarah Jackman. Today, I'm joined by someone who needs little introduction to EG readers, Guy Featherstone Hall, KC, for a look at the Commercial Rent Coronavirus Act and the arbitration scheme for the recovery of ring fence rent arrears prescribed by it. Regular listeners will know that Guy and I first spoke about the Act earlier on this year, and now that the window for instructing arbitrators has closed, we're going to take a look at what's happened since. Guy, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast to give us an update on the arbitration scheme. There's been a lot of interest in it and the subsequent awards published under it. Perhaps we could start just by refreshing my memory and our listeners' memory of what the Act was intended to do. Well, it had a number of purposes, but one of them was to unlock the logjam that had built up over the COVID period with landlords saying tenants pay the rent, tenants saying we pay rent out of turnover, we haven't had any turnover, why should we bear the brunt of this? It wasn't our fault, it was the government that made us not be able to occupy. And you've got to have sympathy with both sides. Anyway, there there were lots and lots of cases worth, according, in fact, to to your organisation, Sarah, amounting to about £8 billion worth of commercial rent arrears. And the government triggered, I think, by what the Australians were doing, but then adopting a completely different model, stepped in with some very, very fast legislation in the shape of the Act, which went from being a proposal in August 2021 to a full-blown Act of Parliament in March 2022. And it provided an arbitration framework for parties at war, so either party could refer their dispute over rent arrears to an arbitrator and the arbitrator then had to decide possibly a number of things you know was the application well constituted had the applicant done various technical things it was required to do and then ultimately the real question which was should the tenant get any relief from the rent arrears and if so what and the relief was really just letting them off or coming up with an installment plan or letting them off the interest And to gain relief, the tenant had to show that without the relief, it would not be viable. With the relief, it would be viable. And even if it got over that hurdle, the landlord was able to say, well, if you give relief to the tenant, that's going to wreck my solvency. So quite a good balancing act for an arbitrator to carry out. And there were all sorts of questions on the way. You know, this only applied to business tenants. So do you have a business tenancy? And there are lots of other subsidiary questions along the way. So that's what the Act was designed to do. We applied, as anybody was entitled to, to be one of the approved arbitration bodies under the Act. A little to our surprise, we, that's to say, Falk and James Arbitration got it, ranked with six others, notably the RICS and the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators. And then the Act did some groundbreaking things, one of which was to say no confidentiality unless something is really commercially sensitive. You have to publish an award on your website at the end of these arbitrations, and they can't be hidden behind the screen that usually you have available to you under the Arbitration Act. So that was really groundbreaking. And in more than one way, I suppose, one was that everybody out there in the commercial world has been able to see what awards we've made and how proposals have fared. And whereas the government had been expecting there to be seven and a half thousand arbitrations, 
and then it dropped its estimate to 2,000 and something. In fact, there have been very, very few, I think, because wised up hunters in the market have seen the writing on the wall. As to the numbers, Sarah, we've done, I was looking at our referral number 48 this morning. I don't know how the other institutions have fared. Everybody who participates in this is required to publish their awards. So it ought to be easy enough to find out if anybody else has had the same numbers as us. And I've not been able to find any awards on any other website. So it may be that we're the only people producing them. But still, it's been a very, very interesting process because of the, the wide range. When you, you asked me what themes emerge from the various cases we've had to deal with. Well, anything and everything is the answer. We've had vastly technical problems about did you give notice in time? Other technical problems like did you provide a statement of truth at the bottom of your application? And then the substantive questions have been fascinating as well. I thought at the beginning of this game that we'd, um, we, we'd get hugely complicated accountancy expertise to wade through, but actually we've only had one like that. The others have been really quite straightforward. I can't afford this unless I get some help. And the landlord saying rubbish for all these reasons, of course you can. So as an arbitration scheme, I think it's worked brilliantly. You mentioned you, you've had 48 instructions, which does seem on, on the low side. I mean, in terms of how you feel that it's worked in practice, do we need to wait really until we've seen the other awards published and the results of all of your awards being published until we can really make an assessment as to how successful it's been? To, to a certain extent, we've published six or seven and they're, they're pretty long considered awards, a bit like a high court judgment, really. My role in chambers really has been supervisory. I haven't taken part in any arbitrations. Um, so I, I see each referral as it comes in. And um, because I have that role, I, I can't take part because of possible conflicts. But it's been very interesting for me to see the problems that are emerging. And I think they're going to break down into technical on the one hand, and that's the most of them, and then a few where the substantive relief question, you know, should um, some sort of relief from uh, from the rent arrears be given. But really not many of those, I think because it's quite an obvious question. You know, typically these cases involve a restaurant on a high, high street which just had to close for two years, and it will say I didn't get any turnover for, for two years, I'm in dire straits, but if I don't have to pay the rent, I won't be in dire straits. And it's it's not that difficult to work out what the right answer is there. But the technical problems have been surprising. We've made it as easy as possible on our website for applicants to see what they need to do to make a valid referral to arbitration. And the Act spells this out pretty clearly. There's a guidance note from the government which spells out what you've got to do pretty clearly. And notwithstanding all that, quite a lot of the referrals we've got, they've gone wrong at first base. You know, they haven't notified the other party that they, they are intending to make a referral. And that's a go no further point. And yeah. it's made me think, really. I mean, I as a lawyer, I'm very conscious that people think I'm expensive and I shouldn't be needed. But this whole process has really shown me, and I, I'm not advertising my services, but it's really shown me that, gosh, 
people who haven't studied law can really come to grips on the most straightforward of issues and they need their hand-holding, they really do. So, and by contrast, the, the referrals we've had where there have been solicitors on both sides have been impeccably prepared and, you know, makes you rather proud of quite how good some lawyers are. So when you look at the scheme overall, do you think there are any areas where it could have been better? Or broadly speaking, do you think the framework that was adopted was the right one? I think it was the right one. I think that there were a, a few obvious technicalities where it was pretty clear that things might well go wrong. You know, questions as to will this still be valid if one of the parties doesn't do this with no obvious sanctions spelled out in the act. That sort of thing could have been clarified in advance. And indeed, quite a lot of legal commentators were laying into the draft bill the way we all love to do. But I think government just has such a heavy workload, wasn't able to attend to all these things. And when you're faced with fierce arguments on both sides in the House of Commons, I think your job is probably quite tough. But overall, the seriously technical issues that were pointed out in advance, like what happens to guarantors, I mean, none of that really crossed our desks here. And it, it was quite straightforward in the end. And when you reflect on the scheme, do you think that it will have an effect going forward? Will it encourage the use of arbitration as a, a method of dispute resolution? Gosh, you got me on my favourite, well, my second favourite topic, Sarah. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. Um, you know, I've got it in for the 54 Act. I see this scheme as being of obviously effective application in the context of 54 Act renewal disputes, because they, in the end, come down to a few arguments of law on some points and then big valuation arguments. The valuation arguments can go after pact, but that isn't compulsory, which is absurd. So that's an obvious thing for the government to do. And all the legal points, which at the moment are played out in the county court, can also go off to legal arbitrators. And they've got the, the thing they've created in the shape of this Coronavirus Act to apply in the case of 54 Act disputes. And, you know, the government, I hope, will have seen and, and listened to me pointing out to them that the vehicle they've created may have all sorts of great applications. And I've got nothing against the county court, but, you know, we all know, those of us who practice there, that county court judges have to deal with anything and everything. And unless you're an expert in the 54 Act, you're given a, a pretty unpalatable task when you've got a valuation dispute or, or a complicated legal dispute under the 54 Act. And I think it would be far better to give disputes like that to the people who've been dealing with them all their lives. So, you know, places like my chambers for the legal disputes and then, of course, RICS for the valuation disputes. So I, I hope my last chat I had with government last week about this, um, at the end, I said, well, it's been great dealing with you and I hope this won't be the end of this. They sounded very bright eyed and bushy tailed about its possible application elsewhere. They so watch this space on that point. Yeah, I hope so. And one last question. There are a number of arbitration results that we're, we're waiting to see published. But once those have come out, and obviously the instruction window is closed now, for any rent arrears that are still outstanding, what can we expect to happen next? 
well, I think landlords will be champing at the bit to litigate their tenants because there, there, there won't really be any further defences available to the tenants. You know, up to now, they've been able to say, well, look, we're protected under this act and we are thinking of applying for arbitration. Or they've been summing up with various arguments about why a landlord can't sue for rent in circumstances where leases have a gap in them. And, and you know, all, all those issues were played out in the Court of Appeal uh, a few weeks ago and the tenants lost. So I think there is now no longer any refuge for tenants who are still not paying their rent. So one thing I'm assuming is that there is a, still a huge backlog of arrears, but that might not be true anymore. Because I think tenants who've been looking at the way this has been playing out in arbitration, if they thought they had a good case in arbitration, they would have applied to us and they haven't. So I suspect that faced with being taken to court by their landlords, eventually they've paid up or they've gone bust. Guy, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. As always, a pleasure talking to you. you thank too. you. That was in on the act from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on the Commercial Rent Coronavirus Act, see the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.